Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to One for the Road, the podcast about running and the rest of your life. On this episode, it's all about periods, wanderlust, and a big old long chat about friendship. Plus the usuals, runner's highs, runner's lows, and a Strava Club update. Hello, Harry. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Yes, we're not in the same room again this week, which is sad, but yay, technology. (laughs) Yay. So yes, I'm in London in my living room. Where are you? I am in Norfolk in my parents' living room with the dog. She's looking a little bit freaked out. (laughs) Might we hear some dog noises? Maybe. A pause for that in advance. Well, I also need to apologise in case you hear any of the uh, orchestra that's going on in my next door neighbor's house oh (laughs) Um, because they they always practice piano which is quite pleasant but they seem to today have added clarinet for the first time as well they've got a friend round (laughs) so tell me what you've been up to so yes what have I been up to I have been to Barcelona yay yay oh my god your live tweeting was fantastic I was really enjoying it I really enjoyed doing it I am that was such a good race to watch it was really good. The weather looked nice. Yeah, it warm. Mm, it was okay. It was sunny. That's the main thing. That's the mm. good thing about places like that. Even when it's not that warm, not grey. Like London's just grey today, really grey. Um, whereas it was like 15 degrees, but really sunny. And yeah, beautiful. Loved it. Ah. I, yeah, I tweeted afterwards. I was like, if I could just do this for my job, that would be amazing. I just want to go around to European races and tweet about them. We should, OFTR needs a budget for this. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure how I can get paid for it, but I want yeah. it to happen. Sponsors? You could wear like, it could be like Formula One, you could wear like a, a cap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was good. How how has your weeks been? My weeks have been very good. I have been very slowly getting myself back into gear. Too much, uh, skiing does take it a lot out of you, I've concluded. Oh, yes. yeah. um, and two weeks worth of it seems to have kind of knackered me out totally. So uh, it's been, you know, I've been doing lots of work things, really, and getting back to speed. And I'm up to see my parents because they're about to go on a great big, like, holiday for nearly well over a month, six weeks away. So I'm kind of, like, getting my last see of them before they go off on their adventure. 
Wow, that's quite incredible, isn't it? I was saying how you were lucky to have two weeks off when you went here, and they're going for six weeks. <laughs> I know, I know. I suppose the benefit of being retired, hey? I can't wait. <laughs> they're having like that. They're having like that backpacker born again vibe. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait to be older. I'm already planning that. <laughs> uh, so tell me, what are your runners' highs, or just highs and lows? Uh, runners' highs. Well, obviously, was going to Barcelona and seeing the marathon, even though I wasn't running it. I'm going to count it as a runner's high. I actually did run 3K of it, sporadically. Oh, nice. Bits. I ran 1K and then 2K later on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. Uh, I'm basically just going to do a little case now that anyone that doesn't get into London next year should really, really consider this race as a really good alternative to London, even though it's quite a lot before, six weeks uh-huh. before. So mm. your training will be quite a lot out from everyone else that's doing a spring marathon. It'll be quite a lot earlier. But, oh, my God, it's so good. So I've gone out there for the last two years for this race because Steph ran it last year. And my friend Goshi ran it this year. He was on a couple of episodes ago. And it's just so good. It's, like, really well organised. The, ra- the route is awesome. It goes around all of the good places of Barcelona, like all the touristy bits. Um but it's also really central mm-hmm. um, and it's awesome for spectators. So pretty much everywhere where I popped out on the map, they oh, they gave this amazing map of the expo where it said it showed you like how far it was to walk between different places and um, where all the metro stops were. So I just kind of picked metro stops thinking, oh, I'll go to that stop and then I'll try and find the route. Every single one I popped out of the metro and was like, oh, the race is right there. Cool. Oh, that's so helpful. It was really good. I managed to see her four times on the route because... That's Matt... incredible. Like, that's hard to do. Yeah, and it didn't even feel like that much effort. You know, when you watch London Marathon, you feel like, oh my God, getting into the tube and out of the tube and so many people around it, like, it feels really hard work, whereas this didn't feel like hard work at all. Um, mm. And the app, the app was awesome because <laughs> it, the tracking was actually on time like literally to within a couple of hundred meters it it updated every tenth of a kilometer and it was really really accurate so that also helped and the atmosphere was great um it wasn't like dense support the whole way around but i think there's probably like people the whole way around which also yeah. made it easier to get around and see people jump in and run for a bit um <laughs> yeah yeah could, could you just cross the line <laughs> yeah well the funny thing was i jumped in at uh, 38k uh, just in case gosh you needed anyone and she really didn't I don't know why I kept running for so long ran with her <laughs> for like 2k and then the final straight is kind of uphill and she started accelerating so much because she knew she was near the finish I was like I don't think I can really keep up with you I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave you to it it's all right and um yeah that's so impressive she was right at the end of the marathon and oh she was God. speeding up she sped up so much i was like running next to her and i was like okay all right see you later see you at the end <laughs> this is really bad oh she's we should get her back on the podcast to give us a, a lowdown on how she did yeah definitely she did so good didn't stop for the whole thing she's like my peeing hero because she didn't stop to go to the toilet the whole time oh, man that's like my aspiration <laughs> just great every time i saw her, she's like it's amazing i love it Oh, so proud. Yeah. Well done, Gosha. Yeah, well done. So did um, you have a low? You've had too many good things going on here. Uh, well, either side of going to Barcelona, I've been ill different different times. Had three days off work in two weeks. So, boo. I've done very little running. Uh, I don't feel like I've actually been properly well for about three weeks now. Ooh. So that sucks. I went to Park Run today for the first time since the beginning of January and... 
oh my god hard um, that is a hard park run the myland one as well yeah it's okay. not flat you know you didn't ease yourself in there <laughs> no i kind of was arguing with someone the other day that it's actually like you shouldn't call it hilly because it's not that hilly and then i got i was running it i was like why was i ever arguing that this isn't hilly it's so hilly <laughs> definitely hilly nothing like a baptism of fire to get you back into things yes so oh well at least i went wasn't my slowest time either so well done Yes. I'm very proud. I have not done. I've done. I will took the dog for a walk. That's my today effort. That's all right. Yeah. Um, tell me about your high. Oh, my high. Mm, my high isn't actually like running related. It's it's on the say. It's not really fitness related either. It's it's in the right remit. Maybe you can see. You can tell me if this passes or not. But it's actually after the whole skiing thing last week or no, the first week straight after we recorded the last episode. I went to uh, Union Chapel, that lovely venue in Islington, and saw the Banff Film Festival, which is um, this thing that started in Banff, but it's basically commissioning adventure films. uh, And they're all surrounded about things like cycling and running and skiing. And it was a series of films, and it goes on this world tour from Banff. So they go all over the place and screen them. And we went to the, there's a red program and a blue program. And we went to the red program. And I just really enjoyed seeing really inspiring people who were, you know, that feeling of like, these are normal people doing inspiring things, seeing the world. And it's great to see them on a big screen, not kind of watch on your computer or on the TV. And it just felt, it was great. It was really fun. And it just, of course... There were a lot of mountains and it made me miss the skiing quite a lot. <laughs> um, there was an awesome trail running one, actually, which I thought was really interesting because it was the, oh, it's like Mont Blanc. It kind of like takes in Mont Blanc as part of the route. Okay. And uh, the the girl won it, but she did it in 23, like 15, like t- over 23 hours, nearly a full 24 hours. And um, they just filmed her all along the route. Uh, like a, a kind of a, you know every couple of stops they'd be like interviewing the they, had, they were following a couple of them and it was just fascinating like you know that thing of appreciating ultra running and understanding that thing of it goes through the night people stop and have a cup of tea mm. it is just such a different culture such a different way of life and then they did some really nice shots of uh kind of in the day the runners in their preparation like it's it's running with like out any inhibition he was running around a coastal path that looked like all the rock was about to fall away and he's just bounding away within like tiny little light shoes like barely noticing what he was stepping on and it just felt really like freeing and um yeah it made me kind of be like okay maybe i could have a go at this trail malarkey a little bit Ooh. i know not ultra though no. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's in first yeah but i think maybe in the right setting that kind of stuff could be quite quite incredible because you could just you know the views you can get from it yeah also maybe you could just go for a really good walk (laughs) yeah do you know what that's not that's something i don't do enough of which i'd really like to do i mean i would really like to go for a proper hike oh yeah i I like my mountains i think rather than running through them walking up them (laughs) Mm. we're actually um i'm really looking forward to easter because we're going to scotland and we're going to west scotland and pete has sussed out some little mini bends small small i think they're more hills than mountains where in scotland are you going 
Uh, it's called Inverary. Okay. It's near, kind of near the like Loch Lomond area where the Loch Ness Monster is, but it's kind of like an hour and a half, two hours drive from Scotland, uh, from Glasgow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're going on Easter. Ah, Easter. Nice. Yeah. To West Scotland for well, all over Scotland, but also West Scotland for work before Christmas. And oh yeah, God, you it's had so beautiful. <laughs> it's made me want to go back to Scotland so much, which I wouldn't have put it on my list of places I wanted to go until I went for work, and I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. That's it. I have heard so many great things, and I've only been when I was like fourteen, and I definitely didn't appreciate it. <laughs> I climbed Ben Nevis, and I think because I was fourteen, I was just kind of a stroppy teenager. <laughs> yeah, we drove past Ben Nevis. I was like, I want to go up it. Yeah, I want to do it again. Yeah, that would be. Hey, cool. Let's let's go on a tour. <laughs> um, okay, tell me about your low. Oh, yeah, I have a low. Oh well, I think we've we've touched on it. Just so heavy legged. Mm. The running has been. A little. I've been trying to run, but I found it so hard. If I, I genuinely feel like I've proper worn myself out. So. Well, you probably had. Yeah. I mean, we did discuss. It's a bit like you've done a squat for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I suppose I have a bit. So I've been a bit frustrated. It's made me a bit grumpy because I haven't really felt like I've been able to put in the energy and yeah, you know, get back on it like I'd like to. But yeah. it'll be fine. I, I've, I've got running half marathon in like two weeks so okay we're just gonna cool. see how that goes <laughs> yeah i'm feeling like the hangover from my cold still because being asthmatic it kind of hangs around on my chest mm-hmm. longer than it would for most people i feel and i just yeah makes really the running harder yeah makes the running harder um but yeah we'll be fine once the sun sun comes out a bit more yeah, thank goodness spring has creeped in. I'm actually looking at a vase of daffodils right now and they're making me so happy. I am so happy that daffodils are back in the shops and I just keep buying them all the time because they're really cheap and lovely. Yeah, flowers. Yay. Other things that I want to moan about. <laughs> just while we're here, in our general, in the update section of the podcast. This podcast is basically just turning into me moaning all the time. Um <laughs> So we send out a newsletter every other week when we're not got a podcast. And was it in last week's newsletter that this article was in it? Maybe the week before. Anyway, mm. about how it's called period pain is officially as bad as a heart attack. <laughs> fact. Fact. It's actually a fact now. It did say it was like doctors have come around to the idea that actually period pain is quite bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do believe it's something that should be taken care of, like anything else in medicine, is one of the quotes from the doctors. And anyway, I just like to say that today, I agree with that. I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm very grumpy because of it. And it's as bad as a heart attack, so I'm eating lots of chocolate. Good. I'm sure. I'm not sure that's how you remedy a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the heart attack, but no. But, no. Um, uh, hot water bottle. That's what you need. Yes. Um, well, talking of things that we uh, put in our newsletter, I've been really enjoying uh, our kind of five-minute internet reads, mm. um, and I've particularly enjoyed. We've had some good ones. We've had like those really nice journeys, the best train journeys of the world. Oh my god! I'm doing all of those. Oh my god! It's not very often where you look at something and you just think, "Oh my god!" Like I read that and was just, yeah. You can tell I've got total wanderlust at the moment. Like, I can't not talk about stuff like that. Yeah, so it's this article called The World's Six Best Train Journeys. 
and I just I really want there was one of them in particular that I really 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 want to do I, I read it and my heart just skipped a beat like the pictures and it, oh it sounds incredible it's like 28 days long cost like three grand going from um Budapest to Iran oh so seem like think of all the countries you go through on that a little bit of the Orient Express, go to Istanbul. The scenery in Iran looked amazing. Um, but we do have some other... Oh yeah, other topics that we were reading about recently. Uh, and it's one of, these have been some of the most click links on our emails too. Like, I think because everyone goes through the same kind of feelings. And particularly as a woman, I think you uh, evaluate your relationships with your friends in, in... I don't know, not that sounds really harsh on men, but kind of like you have higher regard or have a lot of appreciation for the women that are around you and the friends you have. Uh, and I think some of the articles you found were quite, like, controversial, I thought. Well, not controversial, but just, like, stating stuff that people don't always talk about. Yeah. So, a couple of... So, yeah, we've saved a lot of links about friendship and female friendship recently. And a couple of them have been because a book is... Well, it's come out in the US already and it's coming out in the UK here next week called all the single ladies Mm -hmm. um and it's by a feminist called rebecca traster and it's basically saying about how uh single women in america are now a really important kind of portion of the demographic in a way that they've never been before because there's just so many more of them and people are getting married a lot later or not getting married at all but then it kind of uh explored the idea of female friendship in a lot more detail because it is so much more important to people now because they're not getting married or friendship groups are changing or all these different kind of things yeah i quite well i quite enjoyed there was that reference that i was saying i read about um 19th century women who had their like were always part of this integrated social network like it was important to know people both singularly and as a group and it was about that kind of you could pass messages through a network and you could you could stay connected to a kind of a wide span of people who would give you lots of um advice and varying guidance depending on where, where they were in their life and i think because of probably i suppose like the way our lives are now with so much more digital connections we can feel like we've got this huge fabric of people who um you know you kind of feel like you've spread yourself across lots of people and you know them in a kind of very light touch kind of way um and you forget the importance of the people who you need you who need to be there for you you know when things aren't all rosy and and great Mm. and it that support network and how and how valuable it is and I think recently I think I've noticed it more from the point of view of it's not been me that's been going through the hard times but my friends my very close friends have and and understanding how important it is to be there for them and trying to work out how to be there for them like what can you do in those situations um and realizing how much it was important to me that I tried to to do something even if it was small but something that I felt was showed that I did care and was thinking about them I think one of my favorite articles that we saved was one called what women find in friends that they may not get from love which uh, was written, I think, when she was single and it was basically telling the story of her and her best friend and how they were basically, like, the husband and wife of each other. They didn't live together, but they kind of just did all the things that couples would do. Yeah, yes, I did read this one. And um, she and, and isn't it one of them goes away? Yeah, one of them moves away to be with um, their 
well they get a boyfriend and they move to a different city to live with them instead and for the person writing it who the one that was left behind it was like as bad as a breakup because even though it wasn't like a sexual thing it was like the person that they spent all their time with and they'd suddenly gone away and they were like oh how do you deal with this because it's not something that you get support for in the same way that you would if you broke up with a boyfriend because everyone would be like oh my god you've broken up with your boyfriend like we must like come around and make sure you're okay but that same thing doesn't happen with friends because people assume that it's it's not the same yeah yeah and it and often it's it it's so much more similar than you'd ever realize really because exactly you you're sharing lots of the same experiences or wanting to share your life with someone there was actually um on the new york times a whole week of essays about the ups and downs of being a uncoupled woman which i really liked as an uncoupled woman <laughs> and um yeah there was they're all on very similar topics uh one of the other ones actually was about someone that didn't want children but um like got all of their joy of children from like that their, their friends having children uh yeah and that, that was that was a really really nice article because they were like basically i get to have all these really cool conversations with kids and like spend loads of time with them but I don't want any of my own and I thought that was a really nice article because it just got to show that just because you don't want children doesn't mean you like necessarily hate them and you can still get if you've got a really close circle of friends that have got them then you can kind of get the joy from that instead yeah it can be so reassuring to read something that you know like that thing of like I'm not I'm not having an original thought like Mm. other people have thought this too yeah definitely and I think yeah all of them in different ways kind of said stuff like that to me because I think yeah we were talking earlier about how this is a kind of time of your life where um friendships are probably a bit more complex than they were before because boyfriends and husbands and kids and stuff get involved Mm. and yeah it's just nice to read things like that and think oh yeah so it's not all as it's as complicated for everyone as it is for me yeah and that thing of like it doesn't just it doesn't get easier but people people grow you grow up I suppose like you start to understand that you start to work out ways to make it work yeah and it it will be what kind of fits for you yeah and it does become more uh less easy and more of a, a thing that you actually have to work at maintaining because what was that one that article you told me about earlier where one of the writer's oh, friends yeah. said that she deliberately prioritised her life in order and it was kids, husband, work, friends. Yeah, I'm not into this. No, that was <laughs> She's <really> annoyed me. <laughs> well, I just think that it that seems... I know there's a... I get the kind of idea that, yes, I, I think the comment around it is like, life is complex, so the way this person is navigating her life is by putting things into priority, which makes sense. But I just don't think that that you can't apply that pro, that priority structure all of the time, because then you're mismanaging. You know, there will be times when when that priority needs to totally flip round, and mm. that's fine. And you're not going to lessen any of the others by doing that. Yeah, and I think also it's that not... the the person that was her friend was like, well, that felt made me feel really crappy because I always knew that I was like bottom of yeah, her list of four priorities <laughs> although interestingly like I would say that I know that one of the primary like heated debates that might happen in my house is often over the fact that I have probably a fairly 
active social life outside of our relationship and I like to stay in touch with my friends and I like to be organizing going out with them and often Mm. the the debate is oh but you haven't seen enough of me (laughs) and but I can understand how it's it is such a tricky balance yeah it's I think I'm in quite an easy situation at the moment because I'm single in that all of my time is my own I don't have I can choose to use Mm. it however I want so it's easy for me to see friends because I don't have someone at home or another person that's like when are you going to see me but this is probably a really selfish single person thing to feel but I always think to myself when people say that when they live with people I'm like well you don't need to say that because you live with each other so you see each other all the time so even if you went for like four days where you didn't see each other every night you've got like the rest of your lives when you're gonna see each other there's still time (laughs) yeah and that's and that's all you know that goes into that whole thing of because you must feel it where sometimes with people anyone you live with you're you're all of a sudden you're like oh i've not seen you for a bit like what have we been doing and um Mm. it's like trying to keep because you have to work at that relationship in the same way that you do with the people who you don't live with yeah. it's got to be like it's like that thing of like quality over quantity or whatever I feel I do I am worried that I am I'm the longer I am single the harder it would be for me to find time for someone else to be there because I like the fact that I can do what I want all the time yeah I, I, I appreciate that like I think it's it's the luxury isn't it and that's often where someone says you I have my, you know, I'm happy because I have my independence and I can do whatever I want. It's a hard thing to compromise on. I suppose that's why it's so important to find someone who's, who's a good fit, who, who gets you and is able to be flexible in that way. Oh yeah, because also on the subject of friendship, we they found that article about people that um, like schedule send, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, outlook invites to spend time with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also know someone who requests their PA gets in touch with you to organise a drink. No, <laughs> and uh, that's 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 not cool. <laughs> that doesn't wash with me. <laughs> no, that's really not cool. Um, I, I, yeah, I kind of don't disagree with the outlook scheduling of of friend time because, um, well, maybe is was the article just objecting to it being in their work calendar or just objecting to it being scheduled because I think yeah, most people our age kind of accept that you kind of have to schedule like there are obviously occasions where I do sporadically see my friends but a lot of the time it is like at least two weeks in advance <laughs> maybe at least a week in advance yeah planning. it definitely depends on different friendship groups like I think and maybe a difference with male and female as well like sometimes yeah I, I would love to live in live a life where I'm able to just be like call up my friend and be like do you want to go for a drink tonight but this never seems to actually pan out for me (laughs) no I think it also doesn't help that like locality either because yeah true a lot of the time you're like at least half an hour maybe an hour away from people so that kind of random what you're doing right now you've already added an extra hour onto that before you've even done anything yeah it's quite a um it's just making me think of that seriously uh, podcast where they listened they reviewed the whole of friends and yeah. they were talking about how um i think because of our age and almost that generation of, of experiencing the story of friends you live with this idealized idea that you uh you know you see your friends all of the time they are seconds away from you and you're constantly dropping in on each other and it's and it's this lifestyle that is like completely centered around going to the same coffee shop or living in flats opposite each other and you 
and forget really that that's quite a luxury particularly in London yeah I think it is massively a London thing because when I lived in Nottingham it did feel a lot more like that because I actually did live around the corner from Mm. uh, one of my friends and because it was such a small city and I worked for quite a big company in that city every time we went out we would see someone yeah that worked with us or that knew someone that worked with us or like it it just felt a lot smaller and that you would always see someone or it was a lot easier just to be like um so it's a Wednesday night we're just gonna go get some food you want to come because it like everyone lived within 20 minutes of each other yeah yeah it makes so much difference so yeah I think you have to schedule time because you have to appreciate the the locality factor as much as anything Yes, I'm trying to get better at not scheduling every hour of my time. And on the most part, I think I'm getting better. Freeforming. My thing was around that. I think we've talked, we've definitely talked about this on the podcast before. And one of those articles really touched on it. That thing about when you're in your 20s, you spread yourself really thinly. And then you kind of, as you hit towards your 30s, you start being like, wanted to have considered quality relationships. And that's definitely been something that I felt like I've tried to get better at. Whereas I've, rather than trying to be loosely in touch with lots of people, I've tried to kind of rethink how my friendships are and and, and make effort at the right time and, and put my time into the ones that I want to. Um, I think that's, you know, not not a fear of losing touch with people who you've just, you know, kind of grown out of or your, or your situations have changed. Yeah, definitely. And kind of yeah appreciating that your time isn't infinite so you doing less but doing better yay we love that that's like that's our mirror mirror message (laughs) what else have we got to talk about i don't know java's telling me i need some new trainers but i don't have any money (laughs) oh my god i definitely need to get some new trainers because i'm running in kids trainers still yeah which is fine for like short distances but half marathons they're not that great because they've not got the they've not got the not got the cushioning no and my and my well you know mine are the adult pair of yours <laughs> and their cushioning has gone in a year and now I, i'm starting to feel they don't feel very nice to run in now is this actually our subliminal monthly pitch for adidas to get in touch with us well we're just letting them know that, yeah, that we I love wear my... your trainers and we post photos of our trainers all the time <laughs> i love my trainers way. they have they have worn down uh oh should we do a strava what's the strava run club update i, I oh. mean there are some people doing some so much mileage on there lots of people doing lots of mileage um just not us not me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i want to my statistic could be that I was the bottom of the group but I'm, no, I'm not I don't think you are I'm not quite but um you will have run more than me so we've got 26 members in our Strava club now if you oh. search on Strava one for the road come and be a hashtag Strava wanker with us yeah <laughs> um so top of our leaderboard this week oh last week's leaders this week's leaders here we go this week's leaders and given it's Saturday so this is almost a full week we've got Jill Bland at the top who's run 70 kilometres this week well and I've got the miles because I'm looking at it as well oh yeah sorry that's, that's my Strava sat in um set in kilometres works well because we're like the two sides of it yeah 43 miles that is wow and yeah the next Jill, that is, a long way. is quite a long way behind that yes Hannah Hannah and David are, are clipping they're close to each other yeah 42 kilometers i mean i haven't put my all my runs in yet this week so i could be 
I could climb up the ladder a little. Oh, you don't have some kind of auto sinking? No. Well, I've got a Garmin watch, but I, oh, I, I still, I still have to plug it in. Yeah. yeah. Auto sinking. Didn't even think of that. Oh man. Oh, well, I'm really geeky, and like literally, as soon as I get home from a run, I'm like, I'm plugging my Garmin in. Woo. Oh, it's because I had like I've been having bad runs, so it makes me a bit sad about it. You know, you don't like. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Actually, mostly, well, for cycling, I mostly use my phone. So, oh, cycles don't show up in this, do they? No, this is just running. Actually, oh, rubbish. Otherwise, so, I'd totally be smashing. I was going to say, <laughs> do we need to start a separate group for the yeah, cycling? Maybe we should, because <laughs> I'm never going to top this one. Because I'm so proud of my occasional cycling, I do like to make sure I've recorded that on Strava. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of got on the habit now of like, before I cycle anywhere, setting my Strava off and then putting my phone in my pocket. It's just the GPS. I love looking at the maps. I feel like there must be a really cool data visualisation thing for Strava where you can do like cool things with it. Yeah. I think we should investigate that. Definitely can. But in the meantime, come join our group and... You too can feel bad about how little you're running compared yeah. to everyone else in the well, Or be inspired. I mean, there's been some seriously nice pictures as well. Yes. I would yeah, shout I, out I Sam for that. Um, All his jersey photos look uh, beautiful. Yeah. Always by a beach, damn it. <sighs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I am by a beach right now. Okay, just, good point. Yeah, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> what else social can we shout out? So Strava, we're on Strava. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at OFTR Podcast. Um, you can email us oftrpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, our website is oftrpodcast.wordpress.com dot com subscribe to us on itunes so you don't miss a show and also leave us a nice review thanks so oh yeah also newsletter we've mentioned it once already but next tuesday instead of us in your ears you can have a newsletter in your inbox so go onto our website and you can subscribe to that too other than that i think we're done probably cool (laughs) (laughs) okay bye bye bye